Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. All three back together after uh, a little bit of a break from travel schedules. Uh, I should point out that uh, here in the room with us is one of those target practice um, sheets, you know, with the, the outline of, of the human body. And, it and the head and heart is absolutely just shot out right Destroyed. Now. Destroyed. This marksman hit his or her target. We're going to have to do some investigative research into why, why that is in this. Why it was left <laughs> in here for us here, to find. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, I have no theories right now. It's, so. it's, I look at the shoulders. It looks a lot like you, Zook. It looks like <laughs> you're built. I think I got a little bit more definition of my biceps. But, yeah. 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 All right. Either way, uh, we're back here to a lot to discuss, football, basketball, other sports. Um, we'll start with Franz Wagner. He's following in his brother Mo's footsteps and coming from the Alba Berlin team in Germany to Ann Arbor to play college basketball. Um, and yeah, the college experience, uh, having not talked to, to Franz yet, he hasn't done any interviews that I've seen with, with any Michigan media, um, which is not uncommon for uh, um, someone in his position. But, uh, you know, this, the, talking to some of his coaches previously, it's, it's, you know, the college experience is what would kind of uh, tip the scales uh, in, the favor, in favor of Michigan in this one, because um, he wasn't going to get have the chance to get paid. He was going to be able to, you know, to continue his development. You would think maybe no, no worse than he would have at Michigan um, and still have that trajectory to get to the NBA, which is, is the ultimate goal. Um, you know, even, even more so than, than his brother, uh, partly because of his brother. I mean, his brother sort of put that Wagner name on the basketball map. Um, uh, so, so people knew about him. They know about him. Uh, it wasn't necessary for him to come to Michigan necessarily to raise his profile. Um, but he, he's done it. He's made that decision. Um, he's going to play, uh, you know, with a uh, national team, uh, youth national team in, in Germany uh, or for, you know, for the Germany team, um, you know, before uh, actually, you know, enrolling or coming to Ann Arbor. Um, so we'll get a little bit of a late start on their, their summer practice here. Um, but he will come and, and compete for a starting spot right away, I would think. I mean, this is this is a big get. Um you know, a lot of recruiting sites don't rank international prospects. Twenty four seven does, and he's number forty three, I think, a four star pro- prospect. I mean, you know, others had said he'd be a top fifty if he was in the class, and now I guess we have some proof of that. I guess, and at least in, in the eyes of one site, I think he's outside the top one hundred overall. You know, in their composite rankings, which mm-hmm. I think is what we usually usually like to cite. Um, but you know that's negatively in, affected, I'm sure, by by him just not kind of being on the radar of these right. other sites. But um, you know, in this one you know reputable site, he's he's a top fifty guy. So and for a team that needs needed to fill a spot, I mean, it's a huge hit at this point in the, in the year. Absolutely, I mean, he kind of. Uh, you know, numbers wise, recruiting wise, he he replaces Jalen Wilson, who they lost. I mean, he was right there, just inside the top fifty four star guy too. Um, similar similar size, uh, but different you know different positions. Franz is viewed as sort of a six nine. They called him a, a guard, a shooting guard in their uh, in Michigan's release. Um, you know, playing with pros, that's that's kind of where he was. He's definitely a more perimeter oriented player. Um, so, so a lot different from his brother. Not, not as you know, not as thick, not quite as tall yet, at least. Um, yeah, doesn't have you know any sort of, uh, not not a guy who's just banging in the in the paint. Um, and I don't think Michigan will ask him to do that either. Uh, you know, whether he'll play the two guard for sure. You know, at the college level, that'd be a, that would be a pretty massive shooting guard. But um, you know, maybe more on the wing. Um, 
but yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, th- to see again. We don't know, uh, you know, we don't really know exactly what Jawan Howard's offensive, um, uh, style is going to look like. Um, but you know, we know, we do know their personnel, um, you know, and kind of to, to, to say that he's going to compete for a starting spot is, um, have you seen him play either like a video of him playing? Yes. Or like- yeah. They, there's some pretty decent video from, uh, their most recent season, this recent, uh, you know, they made a, they made a run to the championship. Um, you know, so they played a lot of games and, you know, those games were high profile in Germany at least. Um, so there's some pretty good, uh, clips of him being, you know, pretty, pretty active on the defensive end, you know, getting in passing lanes and stuff like that. And, you know, being a good, a good outside shooter, um, you know, not, not so great off the dribble yet, um, you know, creating for himself, but a skilled player and a good shooter, which is really, really what Michigan needs. Um, and all those percentages, uh, you know, are, are from the international line, uh, as an international player, I say that because that's what's coming to college basketball this next season. Um, they're moving, they're moving that line back. So you know, in the high thirties, um, you know, from the, from the outside, uh, and again, as a as a seventeen year old kid, um, you know, playing in some cases, uh, you know, with with grown men. Um, so he won't turn eighteen till till later in August. Um, and you know, we we know Xavier Simpson's going to start a point guard. We know John Teske's going to start center. And you know, uh, I'll, I'll bet anything that Isaiah Livers will be in there somewhere, or one of the forward spots. Um, but now you've got you've got Franz, so you can you know plug in potentially uh, shooting guard or, or one of those wing spots, and kind of just then see who your next best player is. Uh, if you want to go with you know if DeJulius has made a jump, or Eli Brooks, or or Adrian Nunez, um, or Brandon Johns. If you want to go more, okay, we, we move Franz kind of into the the backcourt, and, and Brandon Johns can slide in at that forward spot. And now you've got a pretty pretty large lineup with the six nine, six eight, six. Seven, six, eight, and a seven footer. That would be one of the, the bigger lineups in college basketball. That'd be interesting um, to see. Yeah, so that, that was gonna be my question. Mm-hmm. I mean, is is Rafael, he, he he's going to make an immediate impact with his team? I mean, it seems like if you look at his resume and everything he's done overseas, it, he's ready to play. I mean, yeah, I would think he would come in a little more uh, in season than yeah. your typical freshman, um, as far as you know, getting acclimating acclimated to the college game and the system. You know, again, that's a little up in the air for for uh, any player coming to you know. Uh, on the Michigan roster right now, because you know all we ha- all we have to go off uh, with, with this current roster is, is how they developed under John Beeline, and you know that was a program, a coach, uh, sort of very well known for being a hard system to grasp right away. Um, but you know maybe this will be a little more simple. I, I can see them easing concepts. them in a little bit, creating a few matchups off the bench instead of just putting them in right. a starting role right away. Starting role right away, but right. I mean, obviously way too early to. to kind of start pinpointing where the pieces are in a fit at, at this point yeah. in the summer. Yeah, no, it's uh it'll be interesting. I guess yeah, I'm not I'm not guaranteeing he's gonna start or anything like that, but he'll he'll be he'll be in the mix if you look at the roster. Um and you know we we kept saying three spots to fill, three spots well now it's only two. Um so again that grad transfer market is 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 pretty thin, but there's still possibilities if they want to go that route or um you know getting this is, this is a basketball, there's only five guys on the court. Landing just one guy like this does make a huge, huge difference. You know, you've now uh, added a yeah top fifty piece to uh, who has professional basketball experience. Um, you know, it can compete right away and makes this team better. Um, and I think it says a lot that this staff was able to uh, land him, given that you know when he uh, 
you know, he scheduled his official visit with John Beeline as the head coach. Uh, Franz Wagner was probably one of the first people uh, to know that John Beeline had taken a job uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers because he was scheduled to come to Ann Arbor for his visit that day. So, you know, as Beeline told us, um, you know, he called. He called the, the Wagner family and was like, uh, yeah, I took this job. Just letting you know, I know you're coming. They're like, yeah, we're already at the airport and we'd still like to come. So they still came. You know, Mo was in Mo town, was there, Ryan, yeah, as you was, know, yeah, you talked to him yeah. then at that time. And he was um, pretty coy on everything, too. I mean, he's like, yeah, we're going to see who uh, who gets the head coaching job. Before. Right. Yeah. So it looks like Howard was, I mean, pretty high on their list. Uh, the possible candidates. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's coming now. Right. I think it was just it was more about the the program. I'm not saying any head coach would have would have been you know satisfactory in his eyes, but I think uh, you know um, it was more about kind of reaffirming what he already knew about Michigan and the fact that Sadi Washington was you know retained. He was the guy who was kind of leading leading recruiting during that uh, unknown period. Obviously, the other two assistants on the staff at that time um, were not retained. It turned out by by uh, Jawan Howard. So, um, yeah. And then it was about, uh, you know, kind of letting him make his decision. He had two, two good options, I, I'd say. And, uh, he chose, he chose to come to college and come to Michigan. Um, and it's a, it's a big get for them. So we'll, uh, we'll see how this, this plays out. Meanwhile, Juwan's out there, uh, offering, you know, elite prospects, you know, uh, regularly. Um, you know, he kind of, he said, this is a, did a radio interview and he said, um, you know, if you can play, I want you here. And whether that means one and done or, you know, four-year player, whatever it may be, um, you know, we want talented guys, uh, you know, here at Michigan that can help us win a championship, national championship. So, um, yeah, another top uh, five-star, number 11-ranked player in that in that composite ranking I spoke about earlier, um, you know, was recently offered uh, Jaden Springer. So, um yeah, they're they're trying to build for the future, um, but the the immediate future looks looks a lot brighter with with Wagner on board, and you know it's kind of fun to have now you know the younger brother of right. such a uh, you know well known, well liked player. I don't my my sense is that Franz won't be quite the um, uh, you know quote machine that uh, his older brother <laughs> was. He was always you know, um, and, and and part of that didn't come till till most right. you know sophomore junior year. He's even younger, and he's just a freshman. Um, but uh, he seen, has done interviews. His English is, is all right. very good. All right. um, so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it should be, should be interesting. Meanwhile, the you know practices are underway. Juan Howard has led a practice as a head coach for the first time. By this point, he's led a few. Um, so hopefully some more information will start to come out about uh, kind of what, what that looks like. Because previously it was all off-court discussions about, you know, okay, you know, the just uh, kind of getting to know these guys, not uh, not saying, "Hey, I see you as this piece, you as this piece." Um, the understanding, what what they put out so far, was that uh, they would evaluate this roster and then see what style of play they want to run, which makes sense instead yeah. of trying to you know jam a, a square piece into a round hole. Or exactly. As a new coach, when you're coming in, whether it's football, basketball, whatever sport it is, you, you want to kind of take it, you know, lay the land and find out what you have, mm-hmm. and then it may take you a couple of years to, to kind of you know. Uh, fine tune and, and develop what you uh, uh, you know what you actually want to do because mm-hmm. also that you know once you figure out what you want to do and how you want to play you got to recruit that right now it seems like you know Jawan's kind of chasing after some of the, the better players and that's fine um, but at some point you have to kind of pick his lane so to speak yep. and, and go there so it may take a year or two um, but you know I'm, I'm curious to see and, and you'll probably go, you'll get a better sense of this going forward but how he how his coaching style you know in practice and games compares to how G- John Beeline yeah know, absolutely. 
So yeah, which which matter which does matter to a certain extent. I've said, listen, I, I think it's sometimes unfair. You know, we as sports writers, it's, we do like to compare a lot to the previous right. guy, and I'll try to not do it too much with Beeline. But these are these are Beeline's recruits. The current right. roster is our, our Beeline players, so it, it makes sense at least for this next year or two to kind of see you know how how they adapt and how their their strengths are are, are utilized. Um, you know, we do know it sure seems like Juwan Howard wants to play through the post a little bit more, uh, get John Teske involved inside. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you, that that would be certainly a change. I'm curious <laughs> to, to just find out if that's because he values Teske and he looks at him as, mm-hmm. as, as a potential player this year, or maybe that's how he wants to play going forward. That's the type of thing. Right. I, you know, I wonder right. if you're exactly. trying to switch that up a little bit and get it down a little bit more with, uh, with the rule changes. Right. That's going to be a, play a factor too. Yeah. I mean, the thought is that it will create, you know, more spacing for, for everything. So mm-hmm. the three point shot is farther uh, away. And yet they, the thought is that it could lead to eventually more scoring because again, just spacing. I mean, right. if you've got a guy that can shoot from out there, well, you've got to, you've got to be out there right. now and, and yeah, more, more, more space to operate. Um, in the paint, um, but we'll see. Certainly, coming from the NBA game, there there was sort of always that spacing, just because of uh, you know the talent at that level, the shooting at that level, and 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 the rules regarding you know, um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, it should be it should be interesting, but we'll hope to hope to learn more. But I I, I, I guess I hesitate to say this, but I wouldn't think there's going to be anything more uh, sort of breaking news stuff regarding the Michigan basketball team, uh, you know, for the rest of the summer. Again, could next always week, add that. Yeah, could always add that. Week. Yeah, they add a grad transfer. <laughs> Somebody late decides I don't like this coaching style. Uh, I'm out of here. Um, you know, uh, there's injuries. I, you just don't know. But this was kind of the big piece. Would he come? Would he not? He's made his decision. Um, so, so we'll see. There's still going to be plenty of plenty of uh, news and, and things to cover. But as far as um, yeah, think, things like this that kind of come. Uh, unexpectedly or you don't know when they're going to happen or whatever this this could be the the end of it but uh we'll see um yeah i guess we can we can certainly move on to uh to some other sports football's had some some wacky uh off-field stuff lately uh aaron if you want i guess to just explain it initially yes. for for listeners who who aren't aware yes for those of you who don't live on twitter and i admire <laughs> each and every one of you um, tw- Sunday evening was an interesting day, I guess, on, on Twitter. Um, for those of you, I'm sure many of you read it on MLive.com, story Monday morning. Uh, Shea Patterson uh, was involved in some type of controversy uh, that the facts really aren't clear at this point, and that's kind of the, the murky part of this. Um, you know, I'll, I guess we'll start at the beginning here. I'll try and weave my way through this. If you guys <laughs> want to chime in, feel free. I have my thoughts, and I'll give everyone those at the very end. Um, you know, there's a, a screenshot of a tweet came out Sunday evening around 5 o'clock. Uh, it was a reply from Shea Patterson's Twitter account to another Twitter user, uh, and, and it apparently, allegedly wrote, quote, Patterson's going to be the best quarterback in the conference fields. Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback he's referencing, hasn't even played a snap yet. That kid's so overrated, uh, period. Shea would have won the Heisman last season if Harbaugh had let him call the plays. Now, to be clear, this is in, this was in a reply to another Twitter user who was commenting on a uh, list of the top quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Shea Patterson was involved in that list, was in that list, obviously. Um, they thought Shea Patterson was, high, was being overrated at that point, so... Allegedly, this tweet was reply to that. Um, this, the, the problem is, as of this point, the only Twitter account to have gotten a screenshot of this tweet uh, has its issues itself. Uh, a, a Twitter account by the, the, the username of CFB Quotes, College Football Quotes, 
um, came out, and that's and this one. This thing kind of went viral. Um, folks thought maybe Shea Patterson tweeted that and then deleted it, or maybe he. Is, has a burner account, for those of you unfamiliar with the term burner account, that is a second Twitter account, kind of like a private one that allows folks to reply to you know comments they don't like or leave their thoughts that w- without a, a name attached to it. Um, anyway, fast I forward. Have, I have two phones, uh, you know, and anytime <laughs> someone asks, why do you have yeah, two? My you burn your burn burn phone? Phone? Yeah. I get that all the time. Okay, so okay yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I always say yes. Someone has yeah. to like my tweets. Yeah. So that's what my other account right. for. So right. use the other phone for Sure. Uh, but this this Twitter account, College Football Quotes, is basically alleging that that um, you know this was tweeted out and then quickly deleted. Um, they were also le- uh, inferencing that maybe Shea has a burner account because the the the, the tweet itself was written in third person. Um, so it 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 blew up on Twitter for a couple hours. It went viral. Folks were talking about it nonstop. Uh, that prompted Shea. Uh, to actually go on Twitter that later that evening, keep in mind this alleged original tweet came out around five o'clock, five o two, according to the screenshot. Uh, Shea went back on Twitter at ten forty three p.m. Friday night, or excuse me, Sunday night, uh, and had his own message. He basically said, "This is all fake." I will, I will, I will read what he wrote. Uh, the tweet sent around Twitter today with a graphic making a bunch of ridiculous statements about another quarterback and my head coach did not come from me or anyone close to me, Patterson wrote. I would never disrespect another player or my HC head coach, for that matter. I do not have a burner account either. I guess someone thought that could that could that they could try and ruin my day or make me look bad. That attempt failed, and I even finished up the evening with a birdie on the 18th hole. Apparently, he was golfing at the time, he says. Good for him. You know, so it's it was always a good, good day to have you around with the birdie, you know? I mean, this is the thing about <laughs> Shea Patterson. He's better than most most people on this planet. We know at football, at baseball, he was drafted yeah, by the yeah, baseball team, and probably golf, too. I mean, you kind of hate people like that, but you also <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of admire them. It's, yeah, I'm sure he probably would just step on. You know any any corridors playing surface and just be naturally good at it. Yeah, you fact, side I, side note, there, he but. won the Quiz Bowl for Michigan the week of the Peach Bowl too. There he, you he go, beat Florida because he got the the last answer correct. <laughs> so yes, he's multi talented, uh, very <laughs> athletic kid. Um, but that's the thing here, you know, in going kind of doing the best I could to report the situation. I you know I was perusing Twitter. Um, it, from my perspective, it seems like this this screenshot from this account this this account was the only one to get this screenshot. Um, not only that, but this account, College Football Quotes, uh, has been alleged to have made up quotes in the past. A few weeks ago, uh, AwfulAnnouncing.com, one of those, those sports blogs, actually wrote about this account. Um, they were they were caught making up quotes from Oregon head coach Mario Castrobo. Um So this isn't. So there you go. <laughs> apparently, yes, I don't believe this isn't the first instance of this. Um, you know, it sounds like several, several, this thing could went several different ways. I'm, I'm leaning towards, it was just fake from the get go. Um, but again, you know, it's Twitter, uh, in, in these days, day, this day and age with, you know, Photoshop and all these different editing programs, software programs, you can basically make up and write anything you want I mean, and make Shea, it look real. Shea Patterson has 51,000 followers for one person to get a screenshot. Correct. Account. People That's got it. alerts set up and they would have seen it immediately. Right. Even, even if you take it down. Immediately, yeah. uh, it, it would have been up there. When was the date on it? The date was that it, 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 he had posted it just then and there too. The, the date was saying? up there. The time was up there. Everything was up there. Yeah, as, as a very recent tweet. It wasn't some older yes. one that they found. Yeah. So again, I, I think I think this person, this account, is being extra extra clever. I almost give him props for doing the third person thing because yeah. then it makes it seem you know okay yeah this is the the burner account and yeah. you know the whole Kevin Durant thing. The, the group chat I'm in with some childhood friends really found it amusing. Uh-huh. It was tweeted or sent into the in my group chat pretty quickly. It was in mine yeah. as well. So that, <laughs> folks are obviously talking about it. Yeah. It was all over Twitter. Um, you know, Shade his best to debunk it. Uh, 
So yeah, I think case closed. Either way, at the end of the day, had this been real and he did accidentally, t- t- you know, tweet it and delete it or whatever, I don't think it changes much at the end of the day. He's still in the football team. He's right. still going to be a starting quarterback in the fall. He's got one year of eligibility left. If he doesn't like Harbaugh or whatever, I mean, he's still the most talented guy. Uh, just, it's just a weird, interesting story to kind of end the, the 4th of July weekend. Um, you know, obviously folks were desperate for some Michigan football news. So some folks were looking to drum it up. Yeah, I, I think that there's just no, um, you know, like you, you go to, I guess you go, maybe this is even a bad example. You go to theonion.com, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I generally, people know that this right. is a satirical site, but there's still, I still now and then you get people really? that, you know, that oh, retweet geez. it or they're, they're not sure. But I, I just think there's this blur between what's, what's real and what's clearly just parody. Um, and I look at this, you know, there's no, um, you know, it just says, I mean, it does say quotes in quotes, but again, that could just be a play on the word itself from the college football community meme page. I mean, but it's just, there's, it's not even, it, I just have a problem with some of these just like, clearly we're just putting out fake stuff for the, for the heck of it, not intentionally. Um, and it's very, yeah, it's very shady and, and dirty, yeah. but the fact that they had made up one previously, um, I think that's to it. Proves yeah. that, yeah. that they'll, they'll do it again. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that was the interesting 4th of July weekend. Um, not a ton of Michigan football news. Prior to that, however, prior to the 4th of July, Michigan did land, uh, since the last time we recorded a podcast at least, they've landed four new recruits for the 2020 class. Uh, I'll go down the line real quick. Uh, four-star running back Blake Corum, from, he, recruit, he committed on June 27th. Another St. Francis Academy recruit. He's the fourth in the 2020 recruiting class of Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. For those unfamiliar, uh, former Michigan uh, football staffer Biff Pogey, uh, the father of Henry Pogey is the head coach there at St. Francis Academy, so there's a connection. Uh, he's number four from there. Uh, Blake's only 5'9", 180 pounds, but he's fast as heck. Uh, he's clocked running a 40-yard dash in 4.44 seconds in May. Uh, he's number 202 nationally, 17th among running backs. Uh, talented guy in more than two dozen scholarship offers, Ohio State, Kentucky, LSU, all, LSU USC, they're all on there. Um, moving on, the same day, Michigan also got a um, – Another commitment from a four-star outside linebacker from the Northeast from Boston, Massachusetts, by the name of Khalil Mullings, uh, Milton Academy, 6'1", 220. Uh, he's number 220 overall in the 2020 recruiting class, uh, ninth among outside linebackers. He's number one ranked in the state of Massachusetts. Right now, Michigan has the number one, number three, and number four rated recruits in the state of Massachusetts. So Don Brown and company are doing work out there. I mean, I think Capanelli's involved there. Chris Partridge is involved there. Um, they're really hitting the Northeast heavy. Um, the next recruit was interesting from the state of Hawaii, uh, four-star wide receiver Roman Wilson. Uh, he's number 318 overall, another fast guy, uh, clock running the, the 40-yard dash in about four, 4.5 seconds. Um, so the recruitment speed, uh, Roman uh, has a, a, more than a dozen scholarship offers, mainly from the West Coast, Arizona State, California, Oregon. So Michigan is uh, making moves there. That was a Josh Gaddis recruit. Gaddis has been recruiting the West Coast and, and the Pacific Islands quite hev- heavily. Um and then last but not least, I think the most interesting connection here, three-star defensive end Chris Jenkins. Um, you, you folks may recognize that name because he is the son of former NFL star Chris Jenkins. Uh, he's another Maryland native. Uh, he committed on July 3rd from Our Lady Good Counsel High School. Uh, his fa- Again, his father played in the NFL. His uncle, Colin Jenkins, played at Central Michigan. He also played in the NFL as well. There are, both of them are from Ypsilanti. Uh, so there are, there are Ypsilanti, Belleville, um, Michigan ties. Uh, Jenkins is also committed. He's number 594 in the 24-7 sports composite for the 2020 recruiting class. So not as highly ranked. However, there's the uh, 
the, the football ties there, and I feel like Michigan probably has a good idea that they can mold him into the next, uh, you know, possible, you know, I don't know, Rashawn Gary. Or he's, he's a defensive and strong side defensive end. So there's um, that side. Michigan now at their recruiting class for 2020 is on number seven. Excuse me, number number yeah, up to number seven right now nationally. Uh, so they're in the top ten. They're doing well. They've been they've been ro- rolling pretty heavily. Um, yeah, the next I guess major news we'll get out of the program will come at Big Ten Media Days. It's coming yes. up uh, July 18th and 19th in Chicago. There so we go. Next Thursday, Friday, uh, they are bringing obviously Jim Harbaugh will appear. Uh, the whole uh, the two days event two day event will be broadcast live on Big Ten Network. Uh, Jim Harbaugh will be there. They are bringing Ben Bredesen, Khalid Hudson, and Jordan Glasgow. Uh, typically, when they bring players to these things, it's a it's a good sign that that those players may be potential captains next season. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see Bredesen and Kalee Cutson, Glasgow as well. Um, so yeah, it's a two day thing. Michigan is set for the second day, July nineteenth. That's a Harbaugh will speak to the press. They will Big Ten Network will stream it live. Um, so we'll get news out of there. I don't anticipate a ton. We pretty much know the depth chart at this point. We know where things stand. There hasn't been a ton of activity this summer in terms of the team. Uh, but we'll get you know final words kind of going into the season, going into camp, which I got note. We'll, I got notice will begin August 2nd. That's a full four weeks before the season opener against Middle Tennessee State. So, yeah, we're just around the corner for football. A couple more weeks. Things will really get hot and heavy. Um, but yeah, right now the players and coaches are kind of on vacation. You know, the players, the coaching staff, the recruiting is kind of over with for now. Dead period. Um, they are on vacations. That's what's coming up. What are, what are we seeing in the rear view from other Michigan sports? Yes, you're taking us back to things that have happened, such as uh, some baseball signings happened last week. Well, most people were on vacation as well. You know, enjoying the July Fourth holiday. Uh, four member, four draft picks, uh, Michigan draft picks have all signed other uh, pro deals, starting off with outfielder Jordan Brewer, who was the Big Ten Player of the Year this year. <clears throat> he inked his deal with uh, with the Houston Astros. He was a third-round pick. Uh, I know his um, uh, bonus slot for, for uh, the number 107 overall was about $550,000, and then they're two aces from their College World Series run, Carl Kaufman and Tommy Henry, but also both signed. They were second-round picks. Tommy Henry was the 74th overall pick, and he signed for $750,000 um, bonus with uh, with Diamondbacks. And Kaufman got a little over $805,000 as the number 77 picked by the Colorado Rockies. Um, so, I mean, obviously two of their best pitchers throughout the year. Um, pretty big losses. And then Jimmy Kerr, the, uh, who had the most home runs and the most RBIs in the College World Series, their home runs leader in 2019. He was the 33rd, 33rd round pick of the Tigers, and he signed on July 4th, too. And he already has three games under his belt and has one hit, and it's a home run. So Nice. Yeah. And none of them were assigned by the New York Mets, so that was the biggest win no. for them, yeah. more so than the money exactly. they received. But you had a big night last night. Getting to watch uh, some, yes, some Pete. happy Mets moments for for this year because there hasn't been many of them. I got into it. Yeah, Pete Alonso wins the home run derby. I tweeted that this was the most important event in the baseball season, and that's that. And no need to play so, the second half I, at this point. I had, a, I had a hockey game last night, so I didn't I didn't catch any of it live. But I mean, I went on Twitter afterwards and saw it was blowing up, and kind of went back and watched a little bit of it too to kind of see what was what was the, all the hype was about. It was. Uh, 
Yeah, seeing Vlad Guerrero Jr. Man, oh my goodness! Absolutely, that showdown he had with uh, with Peterson was pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Maybe it's because my, the Tigers are very good, or my yeah. interest in baseball is waning. But I had no idea the home run derby was yesterday until yesterday morning. Uh-huh. I saw something like a like a preview thing. I'm like, oh my god, the, that's that's All Star weekend already. Week. Yep. I had no yeah. idea. Only one Tigers All Star, Shane Green. What what I would love to see. And in the home run derby is aluminum bats with the pros. I want to see a ball grow six hundred feet. Like well, according to Justin Verlander, the ball's already juiced. Right, so is that really so juice the bats for the home run derby too? So I went. I attended the home run derby uh, in two thousand and thirteen. Whenever it was at, at City Field in New York, I, I think this was thirteen. Um, and they had the top high school players, or two, two, two of the top high school players. I don't know how they right. determined whether how, how who these were, but they did a head-to-head home run derby, you know, on, on the major league field. But they used aluminum bats, and they were cranking these things into the upper, upper, upper deck. And City Field's <laughs> a big, big place. Like right. you don't put them in that, you know, up there uh, in, in games really ever. Um, and they were regularly doing it, and they were high school kids. I mean, I realized they they were you know maybe the best of the best, but I would be much still, wa- ma- if, much you, if, if major league players were using this, I think there would be a concern for the fans. And those certainly those they couldn't have those kids out there running around the outfield um, because <laughs> Dude, but it would be so awesome. the home runs that have that nice launch angle. Yeah, okay, but some of those screeching line, line drives right. that maybe don't make it out could really exit velocity one hundred twenty miles an hour. Yeah. There's a reason they don't use aluminum bats in the basement in yeah. major league. Base. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just for the home, at least a lot yeah, of working forward to the home run derby. Right, you know? right. It's a Something. fun event. It's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, no, I got gotcha. you. You start the petition, no. and we'll see if it goes right. through. Right. Um, but, yeah. Uh, anything else to add on uh, Michigan that's Athletics that's front? That's it. It's summertime, man. Yeah. That's it. Not much going on. All right. Well, we'll be, uh, we'll be back at it with another episode next week of Wolverine Confidential. Thank you for listening.